Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. So, Brendan, thanks so much for coming down to talk with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, and you're... um, you're from Willie Street Co-op, and and this is a really busy time of the year for you. So I am really grateful that you came down. Oh yeah, yeah, happy to do it. Yeah. So why don't you? Uh, why don't we start at the beginning and just introduce yourself and um, talk about what you do at Willie Street? Sure. And about Willie Street because people around the country, it isn't like Madison where everybody knows right. Willie Street. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, well, uh, I'm Brendan Smith, Communications Director for Willie Street Co-op. Uh, I've been with the co-op 15 years now. So our department uh, works on the the marketing for the co-op. The general manager likes to joke. When she introduces me, she says the first thing that Brendan did was change the department from marketing to to communications. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I thought that was important because we're a co-op and Mm -hmm. our co-op owners don't want to be marketed to. They want to be communicated with. Mm -hmm. So... I, th- I think it's an important distinction, and so, yeah, she's right. That was one of the first things I did. Yeah. Um, so uh, Willie Street Co-op is a uh, three-store consumer cooperative uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, we have three stores. Um, we, ha- we just hit 35,000 owners My not, goodness. not too long ago. Wow. Um, we have about 420 employees, and I think this year we have budgeted to make $54 million. Wow. So you're, you're, that must put you in one of the bigger co-ops in the country, right? Yes. Yeah. We're, um, I think we're in the top three or four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's amazing. I so I I have been in Madison long enough that I remember when you were one store before it was expanded a couple of times. So it was one not so big store. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we started about forty four years ago and shared some space with a bakery cooperative, and then grew over the years and in 2010 opened our second store and then just two years ago opened our third store yeah isn't that amazing yeah such a such an, a great story and and people in Madison um, there's a lot of affection for you in Madison you know what I mean the relationship between the community and the co-op here is pretty strong I would say yeah um, we'd like to say you know, it's something special when you see um, cars driving around town with bumper stickers for a grocery store. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a kind of um, loyalty and engagement that is really amazing. It amazing is, yeah. And what do you think is behind that? I have my own suspicions, but I bet you have been <laughs> looking into this a lot. Yeah. Um, well, we really. Well, because we're a cooperative, a consumer cooperative, we exist for the people who um, join the co-op, who make an investment and join the co-op. And so we do our best to uh, ask what they would like us to do and and try to do it and, and be transparent about how we're doing it or 
if we can't, the challenges we're having mm-hmm. trying to reach that. And with 35,000 owners, it becomes a little challenging. Right. Um, it's um, almost like being a politician at that point, right. right? I mean, that's so many people. Yeah. And um, so... On almost any issue, there will be, I bet you can find a co-op owner who feels passionately on one side and mm. then passionately on the other side. So um, we we try to make uh, choices that have the mo- uh, make the most of our owners happy and, mm-hmm. and satisfied and, and explain why we made those choices mm-hmm. and be open to change. Um, choice that made sense, at least to us, five years ago may mm-hmm. need to be rethought now. Um, and that really happened actually with Willie North. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a, a kind of a different um, format for us. It, it's about twice the size of our other stores. Mm-hmm. And we, we, when we went into the neighborhood, we got a lot of feedback that... Um, we needed to offer um, affordable food. Mm-hmm. Um, we specialize in local and organic and mm-hmm. natural foods, but um, there are a wide variety of um, income levels in that neighborhood. Right. Um, and there are a number of people who live within walking distance whose only mode of transportation is either by foot or by bus. Mm-hmm. And... We would, we are their only grocery store, so right. we had an obligation to uh, make sure that we had affordable food at that store. Right, and so it it took a little bit of a, a change for us, mm-hmm. um, a different way of 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 looking at products and, and how we lay out the store and where mm-hmm. we put things. And but uh, but it's been great. We've gotten a lot of great feedback, not only from customers but from co-ops around the country um, looking to um, expand mm-hmm. what they do or start up new food co-ops. So um, we've got a lot of interest. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I find in really so, so for our listeners, um, you went into a restaurant or a restaurant, a grocery store, yes. um, after a series of small local grocery stores had closed in that location. Mm-hmm. So it was open, right? It was Pierce's before then, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and Pearson's, Pierce's could not make a go in that location. And so... I was thinking when I was watching this that, ooh, this is a gutsy thing for you guys <laughs> to do. Um, and, and you were budgeting to lose money there for, what, five years or something Up like that? Up to five, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so super gutsy. But there was also, like, coolers and all kinds of things there, right? Yeah. we um, Pier- The uh, manager of Pierce was, was great. Mm-hmm. Was, um, we worked really well with him. It all kind of started when the Northside Planning Council um, approached us and they said, we would like to open our own grocery cooperative store Mm -hmm. uh, in the place of this conventional store that that will be closing this summer. Can you offer some guidance? And our general manager said, sure, we'd love Mm -hmm. to. We've offered that guidance to other uh, co-ops and we'd be happy to help one right in town too. 
Um, so as we were talking with them, they realized uh, how much work it would how be. much work, yeah. uh, how much money yeah. it'll take, yeah. um, and that they, as part of their group, they didn't really have the expertise that would be needed, especially to open a grocery store in a short mm-hmm. period of time. So they came back to us and they said, you know, on second thought, would you be willing to yeah, open a store here? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, that was um, in November of 2015, and by August of 2016, we were open. I know. It, it was, was so fast. It was, yeah, it yeah. was really quick, but... Um, yeah, we took the kind of unusual step of asking. We we did some research and we said, okay, this seems like it could work, but we need buy-in before mm-hmm. we commit. So we asked our owners and Northside residents, even who weren't owners, and we said, what do you think? This is what we mm-hmm. could provide. Do you think we are the right fit mm-hmm. for your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And we got back over 400 responses that said yes. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, yes. There were some concerns raised in there, mostly about price. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a pretty substantial... It's an interesting neighborhood, right? Because there's some low-income parts of it, and then there's some... The lake isn't that far mm-hmm. away, so there's some really high income parts of it, and and kind of everything in between, right? Yeah. And a lot of older people and younger people moving in, and so pretty in flux out there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, for the store to work, um, we really need um, everyone. Yeah. Shopping there, and right. we um, we have to be welcoming to everyone. Right. Right. So I was um, um, the treasurer of the Yahar River Co-op because I live in Stoughton, mm-hmm. which is a, a little, a smaller community and a small co-op. And we had a similar thing in there. Like we had, we that store has to carry things that, uh, you know, the main Willie Streets would never carry, you know, like Skippy mm-hmm. peanut butter kind of things mm-hmm. have to be in a store like that because of who lives around the store. And I'm sure that's the kind of thing that were the choices you guys had to make when you opened up that store on the north side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think we're seeing that with a number of co-ops around the country, too. It's um, a lot of co-ops started and have grown up around the idea of local food and organic food. Mm-hmm. But really, co-ops exist to serve the needs of their owners, whatever right. those needs are. So right. um, it can be uncomfortable to get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. by by definition i guess <laughs> yeah, i guess so right <laughs> um and it, and it was for us mm-hmm. um but once we really started getting into it um we we remembered or, or re-remembered that um even within conventional groceries and uh, by mm-hmm. i mean non-organic um there are better and worse companies mm-hmm. that use better and worse ingredients yep. and have better and worse production practices. So we also try to find the companies on the better end mm-hmm. as much as possible. But there are, um, we did get requests for, you know, Jif peanut butter, yeah, for example. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we carry that at North where we, we have more room and that's what customers are looking for. Right, right, right. It, it's And I can just imagine the the... I don't know what you want to call it, but the the difficulty among the ownership to around that issue of going into that store, if you've been an owner forever, right? You go mm-hmm. into that store and it feels different than it, than your other stores, right? It does. Yeah. It does. Um, 
we we really try to make the stores um, carry a lot of the same products for consistency, but also reflect the needs of the neighborhood. Right. Um, there aren't, I would say, quite as many uh, vegan options at the North Side stores at the East Side right. store. Um, there are still, I think, plenty, but not quite as much because mm-hmm. the demand isn't mm-hmm. there. So uh, it's it's an interesting uh, balance to be struck between being responsive to the needs of the neighborhood, but being able to go to any store and being pretty um, sure that you can find the products that you came in to find because you mm-hmm. find them at the other store. Right, right. Yeah, so boy, a balancing act. And then you have your store on the west side, which is kind of the opposite end <laughs> of the spectrum, right? That That is a more affluent part of Madison, and so that is reflected in what's in that store. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yep, and that's the one we just uh, expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, we added another 35 100 square feet of retail space and 1,500 um, square feet of kind of back of the house space. Right, right. And that came up because there was space next door, something, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. There was, um, we're in a, a small strip mall on that side of town. We, we always want to be in a neighborhood that can be accessible by foot or, mm-hmm. or bus or bike or or car, uh, but there's this um, small strip mall kind of in a residential area. So we moved in there, and we have the corner one end of the mall, and the space next door opened up, and we had just kind of wrapped up uh, opening up the north side store, but we couldn't pass up this opportunity while yeah, it was there. So yeah. we expanded into that that space next door, and. The project uh, just wrapped up uh, in mid-October, and it was on budget and on time, and uh, people seem to really like the, the results. Well, on budget and on time is good, particularly right now because construction has just been crazy in our city. Oh, yes. I, don't, I think you're the first project I've heard that is on time and on budget, seriously. Like the subs aren't there on time, and, and it's because they're so backed up everywhere. It's crazy. But I was in the store, and um, it, it's really made a difference, that additional space. Yeah, um, we. It, it's amazing how much um, money you can spend on things that aren't very obvious no, to, to, to people. Um, yeah, just in the space. Uh, a number of years ago, we had a, a remodel at our East Side store, and I think we gained maybe two hundred square feet, and right. it cost uh, a lot of a money. lot of money. Yeah, and um, it was kind of challenging to to get um, shoppers excited about it because mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot to see. Uh, we were, were kind of boxed in, so we would have to close down one area of the store and push everything in that area to the other areas while we worked on that. And uh, the store manager at the time called it the tile game. We moved, oh, right. Moved, yeah. There's only one open space, and we mm-hmm. keep moving things around. Um, but we did have uh, some really nice things to show with this one. Mm-hmm. Um a whole new area of the store, much wider aisles. It was pretty cramped before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be a second uh, indoor seating area, an extra bathroom. Oh, and uh, we have a, a, a community room with a kitchen, and now that commit, 
kitchen is commercial grade, so oh, nice. so yeah. businesses can rent that out nice. and do small mm-hmm. production. There's been interest in a food pantry renting it out to uh, preserve some food that they mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. Some great projects. Nice, nice, yeah. And and I think um, you were telling me what before we um, started taping about how people don't like to be too close <laughs> to each other in an right. aisle. Yeah, there was. Um, there's a, a phenomenon called the butt brush factor. The and butt brush factor. Yeah. that's it. So when you when you are kind of crouched down or or bent over looking for something on on a shelf, and someone brushes behind you. Uh, People tend not to like that, especially women tend not to mm-hmm, like that and mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable. And it may not be a conscious thing, but you may tend to shop at that place less often mm. because of just feeling uncomfortable about it. Um, so now with much wider aisles, um, I don't think we have to worry about the butt yeah, brush factor yeah. there. Yeah, no, when I was saying that, I was when I was in the store, it just felt... Like it was probably the same number of people because the parking lot was just the same, right? It was full, <laughs> right. but but it didn't feel so cramped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's uh, you know the the more comfortable you feel, the more likely you'll right. spend a little more time. And if you spend mm-hmm. a little more time, maybe you'll buy an extra thing. You or spend two. a little more money. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how is the store go? The Northside store going? Because I know you were projecting up to five years of losses, and particularly because it's a it's a neighborhood in transition, and people had to know you and all that. So yeah, how's that going? Uh, it's going extremely well. Um, the store continues to grow at a pretty surprising rate. Good. Um, we are doing better than expected, better than budgeted. Good. So um, if things hold steady as they have been, um, it may be only three or early in the fourth year where, mm-hmm. where we're profitable where you're again. Break in, even, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's great. Um, it's yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing that I think you know. There, there's as I travel around the country, there are well, a couple of things. First, I think it's really apparent to me that we live in Co-opville here, up in Wisconsin, <laughs> Minnesota, right? Because yes. right? we. We have so many more cooperatively owned businesses in this part of the country than other parts of the country do. It was funny when I, I was in Texas, we were, um, um, people were saying, co-ops around here? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just not in the culture, right? Right. Yeah. So we, we much more have, have um, co-ops. But then, you know, people come to this because I think there is a hunger for this idea of of ownership, right, mm-hmm. in, in our in our economy, the way it's functioning right now, to have some alternatives to for ownership. Um, but then then you have to go through this phase of starting up a co-op, right? And it's not uncommon, is it, that no. you lose money for, you know, a site will lose money for three, four, five years. Yeah, while well, it's getting up and going. Yeah, it. Um, that's something we always take pains to explain to co-op owners mm-hmm. um, when we say uh, following a major expansion or store opening, uh, we'll have a budgeted loss. And budgeted loss is different mm-hmm. than... Uh, than a surprise one, right. right? Yeah. The budgeted one, if, if it 
mm-hmm. sticks to the budget, mm-hmm. then then that's not a bad thing, and and that's the price of mm-hmm. of careful growth. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, I think it it was really interesting. We um, at the co-op we host uh, a group of rural electric co-ops. Oh, interesting. They, yeah. they come through and they do some training. And mm-hmm. the, part of their training is they stop by and learn about a grocery co-op. And they have kind of the opposite problem that grocery co-ops tend to have. Uh, if you're in the geographic area of the electric co-op, you're a member of that co-op. Right, right. And you don't have a choice. Not, not. Right, yeah. And so they have... They also have the challenge of explaining what a co-op is, but it's lot what a lot of the residents just grew up with, mm-hmm. and so they just get their power from the co-op. And right, right. What, what do you mean there are board elections and mm-hmm. I get to vote on something and there's a dividend and mm-hmm. that's still kind of foreign and hard to explain. Right, right, right. And uh, what do you think... Um, I mean, I think it's been sort of a hard time for co-ops, right, nationally, co-op-owned grocery stores. And mm-hmm. just because now that whole, you know, natural, organic, local thing, mainstream retail is saying they do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so so do you think this issue of, of you know, an alternative to, to typical ownership, that is that resonating with people, do you think? Or? I think it is. Uh, we saw uh, an, a surge in interest around uh, 2008 mm-hmm. when... Oh, right, when the economy was falling right. apart, right? And um, people wanted to see where their money was going and mm-hmm. who's responsible, and, and co-ops are great for that. They exist for the benefit of people who invest in them and use them. And uh, all co-op owners have uh, one vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's equitable and democratic. And uh, co-ops are transparent. Mm-hmm. We want to tell you what we're doing with your money. Um, right. And in fact, I, if I'm remembering correctly, when you made the decision to do when you were in the process of making the decision to go into the Northside store, didn't you put that to vote with the membership? Yeah, we um, we had asked if uh, co-op owners would approve of us spending the money to open a, a third store if mm-hmm. uh, opportunity pre- presented itself. Mm-hmm. And we... Um, was that prior to the Pierce store? Yeah, it was okay. about it, two... I think it was about two years before. It was oh, just kind of a right, blanket approval. You, yeah, because you were you were looking for a site for quite a while, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm remembering it. But it is significant that that was a choice that you gave to the members, right? Right, yeah. We, um, we, we said we... We want to be ready if an opportunity presents itself. Uh, in the past, we had had a vote on a specific site, um, but um, there are that really delays um, negotiations with the real estate broker, and it kind of right, gives right. the broker a lot of power mm-hmm. if they see that there's this big interest. Um, so we learned some lessons from that in the past. We made some changes. Uh, so we asked for approval to open a third store if the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-op owners said yes. When we learned about the opportunity with Pierce's, um, we 
still compiled the information, said what we would plan to do, how we would make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and although we didn't have a vote, we did ask owners what they thought, mm-hmm. and their opinion carried a lot of weight if if the resounding result had been, we don't think it's a great idea, mm-hmm. then I think we either would have had to plan it differently or mm-hmm. or drop the idea. Right. Well, and then the other thing, so voting um, voting engages people way more than another, you know, scenario where you wouldn't ha- even have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But then the thing that I think spoke, speaks so um, well for the support in the community was you, you've, when you did the, you did the same thing you did when you did the West Side Store, right? Mm-hmm. That you put, um, you raised some of the money pretty much, I don't know if it was all of it or some of it, um, um, through an offering to the, to the members, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, we sold owner bonds, yeah. um, which we've done repeatedly throughout our history. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sold them in $500 increments. Right. Um, and it's kind of an IOU um, saying that we would pay um, pay back the money plus interest at the maturity of the bond. We had mm-hmm. three, five, and seven-year bonds. And um, we, I think we raised $600,000 in 24 days. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. People are really... Uh, interested in, um, the, I mean, the, the rate of return was nice, mm-hmm. but it wasn't astounding. Right. No, it actually wasn't much at all at, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Right. Interest rates were lower at the time. Right. right. So, yeah. Um, but um, it, it's a great way to support your community, to be able to support something concrete that you can yes. go to and visit and point to and say, I helped make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a $50,000 cap uh, as the most any one co-op owner could purchase in bonds mm-hmm. because we wanted to kind of spread it out yeah. and not have it just be a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were people buying the limit and there are people just buying one or two. That's fantastic. So I, you know, the number of opportunities there are for people who are non-accredited investors to make an investment in their local economy Mm -hmm. is very small, right? Because of all of our SEC rules and stuff. And we tried to use crowdfunding to make it easier, but it hasn't really worked that well. Um, So you guys get get it's not getting around it. You qualify to do that because people are owners. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so you can do that to. Um, to your owners, whether or not they have a lot of money or not a lot of money. So what an amazing opportunity, actually, for people. Oh, yeah. Well, and we would always say uh, we did get some funding through um, a bank and yeah, some of course. Um, from cash we had on hand. But we said we would rather loan to our owners than mm-hmm. to the bank. Um, and then it it creates another level of engagement with those owners. Absolutely. Why yeah. wouldn't you shop at the store that you helped open? Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you did this when you opened the other the store. Did you do it again when you remodeled on the east side? We did. Yeah. Um, and then we, we did it when a few times before when we first um, moved into what's now Willie East. Um mm-hmm. 
And yeah, we've done it, uh, I think five times now, six yeah, times. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and that that speaks volumes, right? For for the support of the community. Yeah, yeah. We um, that's always. I was talking about the rural electric co-ops. Mm-hmm. That's always an interesting topic when they come. Some of them have done bond offerings for solar panels oh, or sure, for yeah. um, Wi-Fi, um, mm-hmm. and so the. Um, the organizer of of the tour always encourages them to think think about that in yeah. their own markets as a as a way to to get um, those big projects off the ground. Right, right. Because financing is so hard for them too. Yeah, yeah. So are um, so are your top line sales growing every year now that you? It sounds like it. If if the north side is, yeah, um, we thought we were. Getting close to um, being capped out, but we're still still growing, so that's that's good. Um, and um, we're still adding new new owners each week, and um, transaction count is going up. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we had just recently done um, a, a kind of audit to find out what people outside the co-op think of the co-op right, right? because we have such, we have pretty good information about what owners think, but mm-hmm. how do you ask non-owners what they think about the co-op? Right, because right. who do you talk to? And mm-hmm. but so, um, and that was really, I think that was healthy. We got some great information about okay. that. Um, and um, I think that'll help us continue to grow. Yeah. See where our strengths and weaknesses yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I I was um, in Michigan recently, and um, I was working with a group of food hubs, and and I do this boot camp, and and one of the food hubs was from um, Battle Creek, Michigan, and one mm-hmm. of the things we do is look at market research data using this great um, um, geo locator to, down to zip code. So that, you know, in the food business, they know a lot about <laughs> us. It's kind of terrifying, right? Like consumer products. Yeah, and he was trouble. He was doing aggregation of a CSA into boxes, right, and having mm, a hard mm-hmm. time growing the business. And he needed to get a little bit bigger to get to break even. And I and he looked at the market research data, and he discovered that the group that is predominant there was camo and campers, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, and he's selling like shishi organic vegetables, like, oh, no wonder this right. isn't working. So by the end of the, of the boot camp, he had come up with something that he's calling camo boxes that I can't wait to see how this goes, <laughs> right? Have a lot of meat sticks in it, right? right? Um, but I, I'm really interested because I think that the whole local food movement has kind of, we've kind of, isolated ourselves right by by having having the profile of the food that we have right mm-hmm. and and I love going to Willie Street because I don't have to think I can shop and I know everything you know meets my values so my mm-hmm. lens right of of natural local organic all those you know so contribute to the community all those things right um, but that does limit our our appeal, right? And I'm it's, sure yeah. that that was the kind of stuff that was coming out when you talk to people who weren't shoppers about the co-op, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Local and organic 
seem to have a number of associations uh, with those terms, especially if you don't really buy those products very often. Right. Exclusive and, yeah. yeah. Which is already a potential danger for a cooperative anyway. Right, right. Because there are co-op members and non-members. And Mm -hmm. so there's the opportunity to be seen as elitist mm-hmm. um, yep. because there are, is the in crowd and the not in crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And, and you're face-to-face with that when you have that store in the north side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we've done more outreach with that store, and I think we've learned a lot. That's also helped us with our other stores as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've piloted, piloted a few things at that store that um, we've then carried through to the other stores or said, oh, we need to tinker with this a little bit more before it mm-hmm. goes anywhere. So like what would be an example of something you've done? Um, let's see. We... What would be an example of something well, you've done? Well, I'm thinking like... I. What do we call it? Like double up snap? What is that called? Those double dollars. Double dollars, right? Did, didn't you start that at the north side? We we started it all three. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, but for one year as a pilot project, and it worked so well at at the north side. We said we have mm-hmm. to we have to do this year round. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I should say ongoing. We we kind of alternate with the farmers market to do it on their slow time. So oh, I see. We yeah. don't want to compete with the farmers markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, that accept double dollars. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a fruit and vegetable prescription program mm-hmm. uh, that we did at the north side, pre- predominantly at the north side, in conjunction with a clinic right by that store. Mm-hmm. And uh, for patients who screened positive for food insecurity, they received these uh, vouchers that were good for uh, $20 in fresh produce uh, each a uh, month for six months. Mm, so mm-hmm. it was about $120 value. Mm-hmm. And there were some parts of it that worked well and some that didn't. So uh, we've been meeting a few times to see mm-hmm. what we can carry through and and maybe try again and see if that'll, mm-hmm. that'll work. But um, it's great to be able to kind of test out things. We mm-hmm. also do a $5 dinner at mm-hmm. our North Side store once a month, a full meal for $5. Um, we got the idea from Durham Food Co-op. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, there was a, a co-op uh, conference, and they presented, and everybody walked out of the room saying, how can we do that? Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um so a number of co-ops are, are now doing that mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I think that's really helped uh, at the north side. I know in the future, the other stores would like it to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but You have more room at the north side, yes, right? There's yeah, a lot more yeah. room, uh, both in the store and in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So do you think a lot of this that we've been talking about is kind of the... Um, you know, cause I, I, the future for co-ops, like I've been because not all the co-ops around the country are doing as well as you guys are right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last few years. So mm-hmm. people will say, will ask me like, what do you think? Yeah. It, um, I saw 
I saw some research that said um, over the last few years it has been hard for food co-ops, but the last year there has been a slight increase. Interesting. And so it seems like um, there's been a lot of uh, consolidation and growth with chain stores around and Amazon buying Whole Foods Mm -hmm. and... the kind of the race to the bottom in terms right. of the cheapest product mm-hmm. um, and paying employees the least amount possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be really hard to compete against that with when you have one store or a few stores right. like we do um, and you don't have the marketing power or the volume discounts mm-hmm. that you can get from those mm-hmm. bigger businesses. So I think I think it is kind of the new normal. Um, I I know in the Madison area, I guess all over, um, any area will see uh, expansion and contraction in terms of the grocery market, and uh, there'll be an expansion, expansion until there are the mar- market's oversaturated, mm-hmm. and the stores that are there can't support all. Um, all of the the customers, and so mm-hmm. then some close, and then too many end up closing. Right, and it's then sort of it, this boomerang, it, right? It's yeah. not a it's not a smooth thing. Yeah. No, yeah, capitalism is messy. You know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like democracy is messy. So is capitalism. Yeah. Right, it's not a it's not a smooth process. I it, I think I feel like though that. The smaller co-ops that can't get volume discounts at all, and that I mean that was sort of where the Yahara co-op is at. Mm-hmm. That that um, that they're the ones who are really having a hard time in this environment. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you at least with three stores and fifty million in sales, you're not a small business anymore, right? And you're right. getting good volume discounts, and yeah, yeah, compa- you can stay competitive, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It is. But I but and you said this year is was a little bit better for co-ops, you think? Yeah, um, there were a few um, that were hurting, and there were a few yeah. that did extremely well. But overall, it seemed like there was modest growth. Mm, good uh, to hear. And over the last few years, there really hadn't been. Yeah. Um, so I think co-ops are are figuring figuring things out, mm-hmm. as you said. Local and organic and sustainable isn't as novel um, as they used to be. Mm-hmm. So co-ops have to find what makes them different. If it's not the products you carry mm-hmm. because you can right. get those same products everywhere else, then why should someone buy from you, especially if you're a little more expensive than right. that chain store? Right. Uh, so it's up to co-ops to show what that competitive difference is. Yeah. So the I think part of it's interesting because I wonder how much of it when I was hearing you talk about about transparency and having to work with people on on opposite ends of the spectrum and basically building consensus mm-hmm. like we are in a world where we don't do that <laughs> right I mean, like you're, right. I, there aren't a lot of institutions who would come and say that about such a fundamental part of how their being right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that doesn't resonate with people. Yeah, I th- I think um, 
I think that's the only way the business works is finding the common ground um, and trying to do the greatest good for the greatest amount without causing anyone true damage or or harm. Right. When we opened our Northside store, which has more conventional products, uh, we have uh, what we call customer comments where people can write in and say whatever they want or they can ask questions or um, make requests and we put them in our monthly newsletter and we put two side by side, one saying, I love that you have all of these conventional products at the Mm. North store because now our family can give what we need. Right next to a comment that said, I can't believe you have these products at at my co-op. It's, it's everything that I think you've been fighting against. Mm -hmm. And we, our position was we still have, uh, product standards and product mm-hmm. selection philosophy. However, the reason we exist is to serve owners. Yeah. And if owners really want Jif peanut butter, for example, right, right. then we'll try to bring in Jif peanut mm-hmm. butter. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we'll try to find what we may think are better alternatives in terms of production mm-hmm. practices or ingredients or things like that for a similar price. And maybe you'll pick those mm-hmm. or maybe you, you'll just mm-hmm. stick with Jeff. But mm-hmm. it's also when I think opening in a new location, we didn't want to, we wanted to be welcoming. So we mm-hmm. have some of these products that if you haven't shopped in a local Natural organic food, grocery yeah, store. Right. You wouldn't recognize any of the brands. Right. And it you walk like, back out and say, this isn't, I? this isn't my, my store. store. Yeah. So uh, we got some great feedback from Seward Co-op, mm. they said, we really recommend when you open only stock 85 to 90% of your shelves, because if you stock 100% and you get requests, where right. do you then put those you products? Put stuff? Yeah. Then you'll have to Very cut something that you already had, mm-hmm. um, or you'll say, sorry, can't do it. Can't fit it. So we, it was antithetical to... Um, a lot of uh, people in the store planning, but I said, can we please put signs in those gaps? Mm-hmm. Please let, let's retain those gaps. Let's not mm-hmm. stock things out and make it look full. I, I, and that's the opposite of everything that we're always right. told. You're make the told, store yeah. look, look full yeah. and bountiful. Mm-hmm. But I said, can we please keep those gaps and put in signs that say, what did we forget? Please tell us. Nice. Let us yeah. know what you want here. Mm-hmm. And we've brought in over 3,000 products at the Northside store since we opened. Wow. Uh, most of them based on uh, requests. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's um, be asking for input. You'll get the input anyway. Yeah, so yeah right, might, right. Might as well, might ask, as well for ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> part of being a co-op. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing that I will say is um, I tell this story all the time. When I started Tara's Way, you were the first retail store we went into. <laughs> I mean, now we're everywhere, right? And and kind of astonishingly everywhere to me. <laughs> but um, when when we started, you were it. And, and um, that same story gets repeated across so many of the young people brands and farms around here like Mm -hmm. like without you getting people started I don't know how they could have gotten started so there's a dimension 
And I don't know how much credit you get for that. You know, <laughs> like you should get a lot of credit for that because um, somebody's got to be willing to deal with these people in the beginning, like people like me or other people who are just getting started and don't mm-hmm. really know how to do this yet. Yeah, we um, so we do get uh, a lot of requests from vendors, and about a year and a half ago, we were getting a lot of requests from vendors who weren't quite ready mm-hmm. to be on the shelves. Yeah. They they didn't really have their packaging set, or they didn't have all of the information they need to put on their packaging. Right, their labels were compliant. Yeah, right. Yep, that kind of stuff. Or their pricing seemed a little high, mm-hmm. or. So um, it was a year ago, I think in September, we started our Retail Ready Lab. And for that, we select um, one or two new vendors, uh, local vendors, each month and put them in the stores in a special area. We um, have a little form asking for feedback. The vendor comes in and samples. And then at the end of the month, we uh, collect that feedback and give it to the vendor. We also give our own feedback. And it's kind of a test run for those local yeah. vendors so they can get some uh, input about what they might want to tweak before they they right. really put their stuff out there um, for all grocery stores. Right. Well, and the other thing is they're just the processed stuff that people don't know. You know, you make food. You don't know about <laughs> how to, how you talk to a buyer and what kind of, you know, sell sheet would be and what a mm-hmm. price list would be and how you have to schedule demos and all those things that right. that are processed that people have no idea when they're starting. How do starting. I package a big delivery and yeah. how often do I have to figure out deliveries? Yeah, and... exactly. There's so many things about that. So, yeah, what a what a terrific gift that program is. And it probably makes things easier for you, too, because you have a place to send people when right. they come. And you want to say yes, but they, you know you're not ready. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's a nice way to... And we had kind of done that to some extent before, but now there's a, a formal system mm-hmm. to do it. And they can get a lot more... Even before, they were getting input really from us mm-hmm. about what we thought. But now they can also get the input directly from yeah, customers. Yeah, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I also tell people with, with Tara's Way, my experience was I when I would demo in the beginning at, at Tara's Way, people would come up to me and be t- asking questions like, what temperature <laughs> do you dry your way at? And what is the amino acid profile of your way? It was like the most educated <laughs> consumer, right? They just grilled me about everything related to the products. And that doesn't happen in other places, right? <laughs> There's something about yes. it, particularly at East, man. Oh, yeah. my God. And so there, that was like baptism by fire for me, though. It was so good for me because then I was like, wow, I really need to be ready to ask answer these questions mm-hmm. when people ask them. And they're not going to ask them all the time, but I got to be to be credible. I have to be able to answer right. them. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, you really jumped right into it yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the other crazy thing was, um, so this is fast forward to last year. Um, Tara's Way is now owned by a public company. There, mm-hmm. I was. I saw them. I went to the booth at Expo West, <laughs> and the buyer for Kroger's was in the booth. 
And I walked into the booth and he's like, oh my God, it's Tara, you know, which was sort of a weird thing. But then he said, I hear that you used to demo when you launched it at Willie Street Co-op. <laughs> Isn't that a hoot? That's cool. Isn't that cool? It wow. became like the fact that I personally demoed the product <laughs> at Willie Street Co-op has become part of the legend, the brand. <laughs> wow. You're a legend. Isn't that crazy? That's great. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah, so I I I wonder um I wonder the degree to which um people understand just the the it, how, the level of support that you give local vendors compared I know that other stores in the in the metro area will bring local vendors in but mm-hmm. I think they the level of commitment and support that you demonstrate is is a notch above I got to say. And that's from my own experience, but it's also watching other companies. It's it's um, challenging for grocery stores built on the model of working with a few huge distributors. Of and course. if you can't get in with those distributors, good luck. Then right. then you're an exception to their process. Right. And they didn't become the big. The Jagundo process. Right. Yeah, yeah. They didn't become big by making a bunch of exceptions. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't... A number of of local vendors who make deliveries directly to us, and I mean that's how we got our start. And we work with some big distributors too, but yeah, every I think six days a week now we get deliveries at our stores, and they'll be vendors pulling up with their pickup truck or their their van, bringing in a few crates, and yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing level of support. So what do you what do you see for the future for Willie Street? Um, well, we did get approval to open a fourth store if an opportunity presented itself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we'll see. You guys are gluttons for punishment, <laughs> right. man. I, I think it's because you're addicted to construction now. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like what would life be without another right. construction project? Um, I'm hoping we can just sell some groceries for a while. There you um, go. But uh, we are, um, we'll be launching in the new calendar year a an e-commerce platform. Oh, nice! And that's kind of a pilot too. We're we're testing that with with a small number of deliveries each week uh, to kind of get it going. Will you have your own little truck running around, or how are you yeah. thinking about doing it? Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have a, a truck. Uh, and it'll be based out of the north side store because that has the most space. space yeah, you've got loading docks and everything to choose there. From yeah. and so, um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, How far are you going to go? We'll go um, not super far, just the greater Madison area. We're, we're um, defining it by zip code. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of up by Wanakee all the way pretty much down a little bit below the belt line. Mm-hmm. Will you go to like Oregon? Probably not that probably far. not that far. So do we have Uber Eats or something around here who I can hire to bring <laughs> Willie Street to me? I, yeah. Well, we we had talked about, uh, and I think we'll probably talk about it again. There, In the past, we have had some other versions of a uh, um, e-commerce system. And it, there have been times, you know, cross planes or Maisel Mania, and there'd be mm-hmm. people who say, hey, 
my friends and I are all co-op owners, and we can only get in there maybe twice a month. Right. Is there right, some that's way, the just one, even one day mm-hmm. a week, you could just come to some central point, mm-hmm. drop stuff off. We'll sort it out. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll be re-examining that idea. You know, I, I say that for myself, but I, you know, my plant was up by is in Reedsburg, and um, there there's been desire in Reedsburg and Baraboo and that part of the state forever to have kind of a co-op and there sort of is but it's one of the ones that is struggling and so and Stoughton is like that because they're Mm -hmm. small right Mm -hmm. and so people end up driving to Willie Street one of the Willie Streets but it is not it's an it's probably close to an hour from right (laughs) to come from Baraboo that's a long way to go to grocery shop yeah yeah, I think the record, as far as I knew, was there was a couple from Rockford who had come up. Yeah. They'd, they'd put some dry ice or ice in their coolers. Yeah, yeah. And then twice, I think twice a month they would wow. they would drive up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I just. It seems to me that you know, thinking about locations and thinking about e-commerce and how people increasingly are trying to embrace the idea of having somebody pick out my tomato for me, which I have a hard time with. But on the other hand, I also think, huh, wouldn't that be great if Willie Street could deliver to my house, even if it was once a month and then Mm -hmm. I'd shop the rest of the year or the month, you know, something like that. Yeah, we, it's always been an interesting thing when we've had our earlier versions of e-commerce because uh, in the notes field, someone will say, now my bananas should be slightly green at the stem, maybe a few small brown spots, but not too many. I mean, I don't really want right, to right, truly right. ripen it, mm-hmm. you know. And then somebody else will say, no green at all, right? right? And how do you win with that? It'd be, yeah, I, I get that that would be, that would be challenging. I, I think there's just like a lot, I know this, that they're, um, you know, the cognitive neuroscience people tell us that our brains, our pleasure center lights up when we eat and we get that. It also lights up when we shop, mm-hmm. particularly for vegetables and fruit, you know, all the color mm-hmm. and stuff. And so psycholo- we don't even know consciously why it is we <laughs> want to shop for food, but it's foraging behavior. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're hardwired to forage. Yeah. So all you listeners out there, you can say, well, that's why I buy so many pairs of black shoes, you know, <laughs> it's like, because we're foraging. But yeah, it, it's interesting, right? I, and it'll be interesting for you guys to see how things evolve with that platform for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it's been really interesting, too, seeing social media, mm. how social media works or doesn't work. Right. And what gets a lot of response versus not much and mm-hmm. and and then how much of it's really just time of day and which day and right so it's a hard lot to of noise that right yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's a great way to pass along information um that we think co-op uh, owners would be interested in even if it has nothing to do with the co-op right um like ample harvest i that was a really popular post we posted about ample harvest have mm. you ever heard of that i've heard of it but i don't know exactly what it was the um uh, food pantries can post on there uh if you have 
um, excess produce from your garden. Oh, that's what it is. Food yeah. pantries can post mm-hmm. in there saying, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. And then so you can go on there and then look, say, I live in this place, which mm-hmm. food pantries in my area will take things from my garden. Nice. Uh you know, there's absolutely no benefit to the co-op. Right, and, right. But that's the kind of thing co-op mm-hmm. followers would really be interested in mm-hmm. hearing about. So right. that was a very popular post. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so more of that is in the future, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More yeah, more engagement uh, with owners. Um, I think we'll continue to um, fine-tune things. Uh, we're still learning about the flow. After two years, we're still learning about the flow at North and mm-hmm. how we can best use the space. And mm-hmm. now uh, with Willie West, a couple of months into the expansion, mm-hmm. see how that flow goes. And I'm sure we'll be tweaking things there as well. Yeah. So what parts of your store are growing? Some sales, like what departments? Um, well, surprisingly... Uh, what we call center store, packaged mm-hmm. grocery, and uh, our wellness items. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a few years ago, everyone was saying the periphery is what mm-hmm. you want to focus on, right. fresh food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been doing well, too, but we're kind of surprised to see growth in the packaged mm. grocery area. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um Everyone's interested in CBD oil. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> so that's See, anything with CD, yeah, anything with it in it is just great, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's been doing extremely well. Um, I think. Um, how, how about like Grab and Go and and um, Deli? How are they doing? They're doing well. We've seen a lot of, especially on the east side, new restaurants open mm, up. Yeah. And. New places are starting to open up on the north side, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, I feel like, you know, we, we we see some growth, and then it kind of plateaus as these new places open mm-hmm. up. And then it's the, the alternatives grow. come yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but it, it's doing well. And um, I think generally there's we're still uh, um, seen as mainly a place for fresh ingredients, high-quality mm-hmm. ingredients. Yeah rather than completed uh, prepared foods. Mm-hmm. Um, although the stores are busy during lunch mm-hmm. and, and dinner. and um, So, yeah, I think those are the biggest area growth mm-hmm. areas right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, uh, our, my experience, well, with Yahara and some of the smaller co-ops where like like prepared foods and grab and go are harder to do because they don't have a lot of room and stuff but that seems to be where the growth is in mm-hmm. a lot of cases and that's because they probably because they didn't have it before right but mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's just grocery stores are changing people want them to be different right, right? yeah it's it's interesting i was talking about the expansion contraction and that also happens with store size you know mm-hmm. you get the huge stores with 20 different services inside the store and then uh, over time the um, model will trend more towards tiny stores and people doing shopping at multiple places and mm-hmm. then it'll switch back to one-stop shopping and mm-hmm. isn't that interesting yeah yeah, yeah. huh 
See, who knew? This is what happens when you work for <laughs> Willie Chicago for 15 years right. or whatever it is. Like you've been, you're around long enough to see the ebbs and flow, right? Yeah. 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 It's really strange um, to have that perspective. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess one more thing I'd love to talk a little bit about is, is how the leadership has developed over time because it was one thing when you guys, you know, with the little hippie co-op and, mm-hmm. and you know, with the bakery and, I don't know, the, the shoppers stocked the shelves and, you know, the member shoppers did and mm-hmm. all of that. And now you're, you know, 50 million in sales kind of thing. There's had to have been a lot of evolution and how the whole thing is, the leadership and how it's managed and all of that. Yeah, I think um, while our general manager has been... At the co-op for 32 years. I know Anya has. She, she yeah. didn't start. She started as a volunteer cheese cutter. Cheese, um, yeah. But then, and eventually worked her way up and became the general mm-hmm. manager. But she has also ensured that we don't get too comfortable with the way things are now mm-hmm. because they won't be that way long. Right. So uh, she's always encouraged us to look forward mm-hmm. and see what trends are, what opportunities are, and where and where there are threats, and be looking forward and not get too comfortable with the way things are mm-hmm. now. Well, you can tell that's been going on because of all the evolution that's happened. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think, too, because, as we talked about, local and organic and sustainable isn't so new anymore, mm-hmm. uh, we have to... Um, Stay in tune with what owners want. And that can be tough, too, with 35,000 different mm-hmm. sets of priorities. Um, finding out where those themes are, mm-hmm. where there are big areas of agreement, and mm-hmm. moving forward in those directions. Yeah, yeah. Building consensus. Mm-hmm. And transparency, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't live in a, a culture right now that is being very authentically transparent, put it that way. Right? yeah. Well, yeah, and I think... It's refreshing now, all of a sudden, all that. Yeah. we. Um, I mentioned the customer comments. We get plenty of uh, critical ones, I'm and sure. we put those in the newsletter along with positive ones um, because they're fair points to make mm-hmm. or there are, you know, they're reasonable questions. And um, a lot of times we think if one person's... Uh, taking the time to ask them. There are a number mm-hmm. of other people thinking them. So um, let's let's answer them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to say, yeah, we made a mistake mm-hmm. or uh, um, that was uh, an error in judgment or, um, yeah, we missed that or, or something. Or maybe there's other reasons why. I mean, I, yeah. I think I remember an example recently about plastic packaging. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Megan, the what is, Megan's title used to be the produce buyer, but I don't know. Yeah, she's, uh, she's the purchasing director. Uh, she had been produce manager and deli manager. Mm-hmm. And so now... Um, she leads the uh, purchasing department. Purchasing department, yeah. So she mm-hmm. responded about how 
In fact, these plastic containers really extend the shelf life on greens, and so it's really, it's really an important thing. So you're not throwing out so much food. And it was like, wow, yeah, that's another perspective on that I've never thought about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we had that um, a similar one with ridged the ridged plastic. Oh, uh, if sure. I could only, you use ridged plastic in your deli. Uh, grab-and-go products, and so there's food that gets in there that I can't get out oh, or I can't clean right, out, right. and it, it seems like it would be better to have smooth, and we said, well, actually, the people who make the containers can use less plastic if they ridge them because mm. that will make it stronger, mm-hmm. and they don't have to make as thick of plastic, so, you know, it's a it's a trade-off, right? and... Um, and kudos for you guys for having thought about all of that, right? That's <laughs> what I appreciate so much about shopping there because I don't have to do the thinking. Like somebody, you've done it for me in, mm-hmm. in a way, you know, with through this lens that I share with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So have we missed anything? Um, let's see. Nothing I can think of. Mm, okay. Well, I'm sure. Oh my God, a four store, and oh, oh yeah, <laughs> and, and I hope not. Right, and delivery, home delivery. This is going to be exciting to see what goes on. I'm, I'm, I'm such a longtime supporter. So, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being a longtime yeah. supporter. Yeah. Well, I always was, but then my experience with Tara's Way was just solidified it. Right, that get that kind of a response at a time when it was so needed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it meant so much to me at the time. So, yeah, well, thank you for coming and talking to oh, us. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.